1: Happy New Year, everybody. What's going on? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer cast right here on AM 970. Dancer. You digging it? You digging the music? I am. A little Xavier Cugat and his orchestra. All of these songs based on drinks. This is the Cuba Libre. Uh, there's one mint julep, which you would know from uh, the movie Swingers. Uh, he does a song for daiquiris, cocktails for two, rum and coke. It's a great album, fifties, uh, 50s, fifties, 50s, early sixties, late fifties, maybe. Love it. It's New Year's Day uh, night. Uh, almost, uh, we're heading into almost the second day of uh, January. I can't believe 2023 is here. We have got a fantastic show for you. Uh, we are going to have news and notes to get to, but first. How can you follow me in this new year? Very easy. On Twitter, at Al Gatulo, although some people don't want to be on Twitter anymore. Instagram, at Gattulo, facebook.com, slash agcraftbeercast, via email. Albert G. at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Podcasts. You can do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those platforms. Uh, we're on Amazon. Just uh, hit up your Alexa and tell Alexa you want to listen to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, and of course the Hopped Up Network. Head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com just a few minutes after the show ends. Um, you can download and listen to it at your leisure, which is really cool. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Josh Hare. He's the man behind Rick's Near Beer. He's going to join me. One of the best non-alcoholic beers that I've had in quite some time. We're going to talk about the beer. We'll talk about some dry January. And, of course, lots of good stuff with Josh coming up in just about 20 minutes from now. And, you know, obviously that's important to some people going on a um a binge of not drinking any type of alcohol, uh, so that's why they call it Dry January. Uh, I did a little one in September, um, and for the most part, it worked. It was more of kind of a reset. Um, I think I lost a couple of pounds, but so I probably gained them right back. Um, but um, it is definitely something that I I like to do from time to time is just kind of get off alcohol for a bit and just kind of let the uh, let the body uh, reset. Uh, which is important, and you know, you don't want to overindulge. And obviously, in the, during the holidays, uh, we all have a tendency to overindulge, which you know does happen. So January is important to uh, maybe you know kind of dry out a little bit. And if you're still looking to have that taste of beer, uh, certainly Rick's near beer uh, will do it. Athletic Brewing uh, as well, um, but it's definitely something to think about. Let us dive into news and notes, shall we? Um, Lagunitas, even though it's owned by Heineken. Um they are shuttering their Seattle tap room um they uh, you know they they really enjoyed apparently in the Pacific Northwest this venue, but apparently Lagonitas uh needed to um uh, cut back a little bit I guess maybe sales are not as great and to be honest with you i can't remember the last time I had a Lagonitas, although I did see Lagunita no you know it was the last time I had a Lagonitas I think no, I did not have it. It was available in Newark airport. When I was flying to San Diego, but I did not have one. I think I ended up having a Sam Adams Oktoberfest because I wanted something a little lighter and I wasn't in the mood for an IPA. Um, according to the Washington Beer Blog, the brewer is local that brews the beer there. vast majority of the beer served there are local. People who work there are local. Uh, the uh, Lagunitas Seattle Taproom opened in January of 2017. Is expected to close its doors for good on January 8th. They'll concentrate on its efforts uh, on locations in Chicago and Petaluma, California, Uh, going forward, uh, that's a shame. I would have liked to have seen that going. And if it was being supported, I wonder why maybe sales were not as good um, as they expected. Also, some sad news more from the uh, Pacific Northwest. According to the New School Sasquatch Brewing, which began as a tiny brew pub in 2012, shutting down both its production facility and their sister brand, New West Cider, Um, according to a statement that Tom Sims and Alex Beard put out, the owner's, they said, all good things must end. We've made the decision to shut down the brewery in Saturday. While we'll certainly miss all of our friends and customers, we think it's the right time to move on to other ventures. The brewery and brand appear to be for sale for about it's a little less than $700,000. So if you're looking to buy a brewery in the Pacific Northwest and you've got a, a little less than a million dollars to invest, you might want to jump in um, and buy the brewery in Portland, Oregon. We shall see. Our good friends over at Torch and Crown Brewing, uh, starting uh, this month, uh, Texas Hold'em Poker Night It's going to be going on in January and February. Every other Tuesday night starting January 3rd. Strictly limited to 36 people. On January 10th, it'll be Trivia Night, and that will take place every other Tuesday. So um, that's pretty cool. So they're going to do a, a poker night uh, every other Tuesday starting January 3rd, and then on the other Tuesdays starting January 10th, and then every other Tuesday will be a Trivia Night. Kudos to our friends at Torch and Crown. Line and Kugel's which most people know, Wisconsin Brewery. Six generations of family history. They've been brewing beer for about 150 years. Now, it was purchased by Miller Brewing Company way back in 1988, before breweries really started being acquired by people. It's been part of the Molson Coors family, uh, or is now part of the Molson Co- Coors family. Um, Line and Kugels has uh, decided they are going to open up a small batch brewery inside of the Milwaukee Brewers Ballpark. That's pretty cool. It's called the Jane Line and Kugel's Barrel Yard at American Family Field. It'll feature fans' favorite Line and Kugel beers as well as small batch beers at a full service bar and restaurant space overlooking Left Field, which is very cool. Uh, located at Barrel Yard, again, it's att- attached to the ballpark's Left Field restaurant. Line and Kugel's new brewery will feature a three barrel brewing system in full view. Capable of brewing Line and Kugel's classics like Summer Shandy and Juicy Peach, but they'll also be crafting specialty beers made just for Brewers fans. The deal builds on a long time relationship between the Brewers and their official beer sponsor in Molson Coors. Under the new deal with the Milwaukee Brewers, Jacob Line and Kugel Brewing Company is set to open its new brew pub inside of American Family Field when baseball resumes later this year. That's pretty cool. You know, I mean, listen, I've enjoyed a Line and Kugel in the past. Um,. And that's pretty cool that they're going to do something that is uh, catered to the fans and beers that maybe you can only get at the ballpark, some of them, which I think is is really, really cool. And then finally, before we wrap up here, our first segment of news, a bunch of stuff that I've mentioned over the last several weeks, but want to remind you, Icarus' six-year anniversary party is coming up the weekend of January 13th, 14th, and 15th. Uh, again, if you uh, sign on to Facebook, you go to their Facebook page and you click on that you're going to attend one, you know, whatever particular day events, they will send you updates. Uh, every time they post an update, you'll get a notification on that. They're going to have uh, bottle releases, merchandise drops, live music, ton of barrel aged tappings. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am going to try and get there on uh, Friday the 13th. I know the weekend, that weekend is going to be tough for me, uh, but I'm going to try and do that because it's my last weekend before I head uh, away on a little uh, solo vacation. So we'll see, but um, you'll probably catch me down there on Friday, the 13th of January. Uh, Big Brew, New Jersey, that's coming Saturday, March 4th. Um, it returns to the Morristown Armory. Two sessions, over 175 styles of craft beer, fantastic music, great food, wonderful vendors. Session one is from noon to 4, music by The outcrops, Session two will be 5.30 to 9.30, music by Mr. Lovejoy. It's a benefit for the Morris Rugby Corporation. Again, great food, music, vendors. There's going to be hatchet throwing as well in the back of the armory. A lot of fun. Tickets are on sale now. BigBrewNJ.com, 21 and older, with picture ID. If you do a little search, you might be able to find a coupon and get a little bit of money off. Um, or if you subscribe to them, they have been sending some stuff out, codes that you can um, uh, save some money on that. I will definitely be at that event. Allison always puts on a good time. The Bruzology Beer Fest is taking over the Liberty Science Center coming up on Saturday, February 11th from 7 to 11 p.m. featuring over 50 breweries, 150 beers, access throughout the museum. Uh, it's 50 bucks for general admission. That's from 8 to 11 p.m. The VIP hour is an hour earlier. at 7 o'clock. Those tickets run you 65 bucks. Uh, to Head over to Eventbrite. Just do a search for Jersey City Bruzology. So you get to walk around the Liberty Science Center in addition to drinking some great beer. A lot of great breweries that are going to be there. Um, Source, Gear Block, Twin Elephant, Hackensack, Bolero, Icarus, Circa Brewing, Torch and Crown, Carton, Twin Elephant, Wild East, Muckraker, Beer Maker, Bricks, Evil Twin, a lot of good breweries are going to be there. Uh, I am uh, planning on buying VIP tickets because I want to go to this event. This sounds like a lot of fun. I think what I might do is I might just Uber or Lyft from my house um, to the event and back. So this way, if I want to indulge a little bit, I can, and then I can get in a car and not have to worry about driving. Uh, and head back home. Uh, That would be really cool. And then our good friends from New York City Brewed, uh, the New York City Brewers Guild, uh, the New York City Beer Week Festival starts on Saturday, February 25th. Uh, Some more details have been revealed. They have not revealed the venue yet. Uh, When they do, we will let you know. But think west side of Brooklyn, close to the East River, easily accessible by public transit and close to at least one of the member brewery tap rooms. But here's the big news so far. They're collaborating with their other member brewery, Other Half. So Other Half is going to be doing a collaboration beer for New York City uh, Brewed, for the Brewers Guild, which is cool. The, their team is working directly with uh, with them to curate the list of guest breweries. They're also working with them on activities for the day as well as some other special announcements. So stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I will definitely be um, at that event. And, of course, the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival tickets are on sale now. 60 bucks, tax and fees, hops, trots, tickets. For the 5K Beer and Fund Runner, $99 tax and fees. Those are the only two tickets that are on sale right now, and the prices will go up on February 1st when they announce the headlining bands. June 3rd and 4th, Baderfield. It's presented in part by the Ocean Casino Resort. Get your tickets and get there. It's going to be a great time. When we come back after a short break, more news from around the beer world. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The Answer. back to the New Year's Day edition of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Xavier Kugat and his orchestra. It's, this is uh, called Kugat's or Kugies Cocktails. I love it. So that was uh, Grasshopper, which is a rumba. Uh, you know, album from the 50s. It just, it just takes you back in time. It takes you back in time to when people uh, got together for cocktails. They wore suits. Um, you know, it was very elegant. He had a cocktail. you had maybe he had a martini before dinner. Um, you know, we've gotten away from a lot of those things. Now it's just, eh, yeah, let's have a beer. Let's have a shot. You know, whatever. So there you go. Hey, how can you follow me? Very easily. Come on now. On Twitter. At Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-W-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A G Craft Email is at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. iTunes Google Podcasts. Just do a search for AG Craft Beercast. You can find the shows there. Uh iHeartRadio, Alexa, um, Hopped Up Network. We're on Odyssey.com. We're all over the place. All you gotta do is uh, is check out any one of those places you can download and listen to the show uh at Your leisure, And if you go to the Hopped Up Network, there are a plethora of other uh, beer-related podcasts that you can download whenever you feel like. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Josh Hare, the man behind Rick's Near Beer, will join me. One of the best non-alcoholic beers that I've had in quite some time. We'll talk about the beer, Dry January, lots of good stuff. That's coming up in just about 10 minutes from now. And if you are planning to do a Dry January, we'll get into some stuff in a little bit from Athletic Brewing. That they're going to be doing to promote a dry January because you can do it and you can do it responsibly, which is a good thing. Now, the Colorado Brewers Guild, which is a nonprofit trade organization for independent craft breweries in the state of uh, craft beer, as they call it, proudly announces the return of Colorado Pint Day. That's going to take place Wednesday, April twelfth of ne- of this year. And the statewide event, which has reached cult level status over the years, a time honored tradition where craft beer lovers. Head over to participating member breweries selling limited edition Colorado Pint Day glassware. Now, a dollar of each pint glass that is sold will be donated to the Colorado Brewers Guild. Colorado Pint Day launched in 2016, starting with a simple pint glass showcasing the state of craft beer logo. Since then, the Guild has highlighted varying themes and local artists over the years. Like last year, the CBG hosted a statewide competition among member breweries' uh, creatives to select this year's featured artist Anna Long, a repeat winner Provided the winning design that celebrates the great Colorado road trip last year, 190 Colorado craft breweries participated in Colorado Pint Day. They sold over 25,000 glasses. Uh, the fundraiser is a great way to support local independent craft beer and the CBG's mission of promoting, protecting, and propelling its members through advocacy, education, and public awareness. For more information about Colorado Pint Day, just give Shea Franz, a good friend of the show, a call, uh, uh, an email. Uh, You can hit her up at Shay at Indie, I-N-D-I-E, creativeco.com. The list of participating breweries for Colorado Pint Day will be announced at a later time, and when they are, we will get that information to you. And thank you, Shay, for that information. Very much appreciate it. Now, uh, in the state of New Jersey, there's North Jersey, there's South Jersey, but is there a central Jersey? Well, I happen to think that there is because I live in what I would consider the central part of New Jersey uh, where I live in Clark, New Jersey, because it's right at about the center point of the state. Most people use the Driscoll Bridge going over the Garden State Parkway as the demarcation line between North and South Jersey. Right once you cross over the Driscoll, you're heading towards you're heading down south. You're heading down towards South Jersey uh, and the shore. The other side of the Driscoll Bridge, you're heading up north. That's where you're heading to the northern part of the state. But I I do believe where I live is in the central part of the state of New Jersey. So. um Three different cans from uh, Cypress and Departed Souls are out now. I don't know if they're sold out. They were released about a week and a half ago. They may be sold out. Uh, Central Jersey does exist. Central Jersey doesn't exist. And a third called Show Us Your Jersey. These are collabs between Cypress and Departed Souls. you got a hoppy lager in the mix along with a dark lager. Um, there are 100 Show Us Your Jersey stickers hidden in the Central Jersey Doesn't Exist four-pack for you to draw your own version of the state on and send a picture back to Departed Souls to be included on a forthcoming label. Uh, they're only available, these beers, at the brewery um, at Departed Souls. And I think, uh, you know, you listen, get over to Departed Souls. Trust me, the beer is great. It's a great little location. Uh, you will enjoy yourself. And you can drink some great beer. But what I heard from Brian Kulbacki is there may be a tap takeover of these beers at Paragon Tap and Table, because Paragon Tap and Table being in the Clark, New Jersey, central part of the state. I like, I like the way Brian's thinking. So once we get more information about that, um, we will certainly let you know. Um, some good news, sad news to report, right? Melvin Brewing, um, when it first broke out in 2015, was uh, named the best small brew pub of the year. Two years later... Um, uh, they they the prestigious brewing group of the year at the GABF went on to win went on to open outlets in San Diego, Denver, Bellingham, Washington, Eureka, Missouri. Melvin was all over the place. I remember they were in Jersey; it was a big deal. Uh, you know, wow, this great brewery and this that. and the beer was very good. Don't get me wrong. National distribution, international reach; people were craving Melvin brewing in their IPAs and all the other stuff that they were making. But then the following year in April, twenty eighteen. It basically all came crashing down. Melvin Brewing uh, came under fire due to allegations of sexual misconduct after the company's co-founder and head brewer were accused of inappropriately touching a waitress in a nearby brew pub by the since-shuttered Bellingham, Washington location, resulting in further accusations that the company had cultivated a broke culture amongst its staff due to its bad boy branding. According to San Diego Film, even though no charges were filed, these allegations resulted in backlash with some establishments boycotting Melvin products company went on to institute new sexual harassment policies that included mandatory sexual harassment training for all of its employees. But in the face of the growing Me Too movement in the craft beer community, Melvin Brewing never able to completely escape the taint of those incidents. In 2022, the bills from Melvin Brewing's nonstop growth and expansion became due. Brewery announced it was exploring strategic alternatives to the company. Basically, they were looking to sell. On November 11th, Jackson, Wyoming-based Roadhouse Brewing announced a purchase agreement to acquire Melvin Brewing and its operations, just and just before Christmas, um, the merger was completed. Road, Roadhouse is now going to continue Melvin Brewing as a separate brand, and there is some regional symmetry here. Um, apparently, a news organization called Buck Rail reported the combination of both breweries, located about 35 miles ap- apart from each other, will produce 50,000 barrels uh, this coming year and have the ability to grow to 80,000 barrels in the coming years with new investments, that Roadhouse plans to make among those are a state of the art rotary canning line in the expansion of the Melvin Taproom in Alpine, uh, Wyoming. So Melvin survives; it's going to survive under new ownership. But the good news is, um, it's a it's a uh, you know an independent craft brewer that has taken it over and not an international one or a big conglomerate. Um, so that's good news there. So Melvin Brewing will continue um as a as a brewery and i haven't seen melvin brewing in new jersey in quite some time so um it's a shame you know you get that initial burst people are excited um you start expanding all over the place and you start hooking up with distributors left and right and then all of a sudden the product suffers that's not a good thing and then you have obviously you had these allegations um that were you know charges were never filed so we don't know what happened there um but um It's a shame when things like that happen, but it's good that an independent brewery has taken it over. And finally, Athletic Brewing, which is the fastest-growing non-alcoholic beer maker in the country— is making its largest investment ever to support its Give Dry a Try campaign and boost the company during dry January. Athletic co-founder Bill Schufeld told BrewBound earlier this week that the company will make a seven-figure media investment as part of the multifaceted national campaign, which will include television advertisements during the NFL playoffs and the Cotton Bowl, as well as ad buys on digital connected streaming shows, uh, or connect, uh, digital connected streaming shows, out-of-home billboards, pocket sponsorships, and radio ads. Now. I'm not going to – I'm going to tell you right now. I'd love to have Athletic Brewing on board as an advertiser. Um, I think that Athletic Brewing does a great job in their beers. Um, it is definitely an alternative if you're looking to drink something that is not beer, that has alcohol – that doesn't have alcohol in it. Um, it is certainly a fantastic alternative. Um, and they are doing, um, you know, new and different things. Is it the best thing ever in the world, it, you know, in in my opinion um, – you know, I, I think there are, for a guy like me who likes to drink beer, this is a great alternative. I'll, I'll, I'm going to put it that way. Um, it may not be your cup of tea, but give it a try because you may, you may, you may surprise yourself. You may enjoy it uh, more than you actually think. I think athletic brewing does a great job. Here's the best part about non-alcoholic beer and, and athletic brewing. You go right on their website. You pick what you want. They ship it directly to your house. You don't even have to leave the home. And they will bring it right to your house. That's the best part. Any any non-alcoholic beer can be delivered anywhere in the 50 states. And it's good to give it a try. Look, if you're, if you're trying to be health conscious, if you're trying to start, a, you know, turn over a new leaf, maybe you're looking to drop a couple of pounds, um, you know, dry January may be the way to go. Uh, the biggest thing they tell you is the lead up to dry January. Don't try to overindulge, whether it's food or booze or whatever, because you don't want to shock your body. As you're getting into dry January, you want to kind of like ease off. I know that may be a little too late for some people, but I think it's a good um, it's a good rule of thumb. And you know what? Maybe you, you find out dry January is working so well you extend it into February. Not a bad idea. Kudos to Athletic Brewing. Uh, for putting out uh, this uh, this type of thing and trying to promote dry January I think it's great when we come back after a short break Josh Hare the man behind Rick's near beer will join me on the program this is the algatulo craft beer cast on am 970 the answer <music> back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram, at Gattulo, T. U-double-L-O, facebook.com, slash agcraftbeercast. Of course, we're on iTunes and Google Podcasts. You do a search for AG Craft Beer cast Alexa Ready as well, uh, uh, odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, and, of course, we're on the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com You can check out the podcast version of the show, usually a couple of minutes after the live show ends uh, and on Monday mornings, like around, you know, five after midnight or whatever, we post that and you can download and listen to the show whenever you want. Now, my next guest, he's the creator of a new non-alcoholic beer that is out now in Texas, soon to be on store shelves all over the Lone Star State. For more info on the near beer and to order it, because again, no alcohol, you can get it shipped anywhere in the in the United States. Just go to drinkricks.com. Let me welcome to the craft beer cast on AM 970. The answer, Josh Hare. Josh, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Now, Josh, you're already involved in a in a brewery uh, at Hops and Grains Brewing. Why make a non alcoholic beer to mass market?
2: It's a, a great question, and I have been in the beverage industry for a dozen years now. I started my first brewery, Hops and Grain Brewing, back in 2010, uh, and opened another restaurant brewery called Pint and Plow Brewing back in 2015. And during that time, you know, beer has seen some ups and downs. Uh, the industry overall has grown. Right. Um, but as, you know, all kinds of things, flavored malt beverages, seltzers, just a diversification in the beverage segment has happened. We've also seen a slow increase early and then now it's starting to get rapid with non alcoholic beer. And so I really wanted to take my experience of brewing, uh, as well as my background in the in the fitness industry back in the running and cycling world, um, and kind of meld those two together and create a brand. Um that can be enjoyed at all times, morning, noon, and night is, is kind of the tagline that we like to use.
1: Now, you, you've you released just one beer, one one sort of style. You went with a Pilsner. Uh, why that style instead of an IPA?
2: You know, it's a good question that I've gotten a lot. And for me, you know, obviously living in Texas and, and launching in Texas, lagers are very popular here. Mm-hmm. And we really wanted to create a brand uh, and stay focused on that one brand for the launch And with that, you know, we wanted something that obviously was popular but had a a broader appeal than just maybe your craft beer drinker. And so Pilsners have always been one of my favorite beers to drink, uh, as well as a challenging style to make. And so we we took that one on uh, to make something that's got a a broad appeal, that's nice and crisp, Um, you know, summertime, wintertime, uh, you name it. It's a really enjoyable beer across the country. Uh, and so we're, we're going with that Pilsner and and we are experimenting with some other brands and IPA of course is being, uh, being experimented with right now, but, uh, but Pilsner will be where our focus is for the launch.
1: Uh, we're talking with Josh Hare. He's the creator of Rick's Near Beer. It's a new non-alcoholic beer that's available online soon on the shelves in Texas. Uh, coming up, you know, it's, uh, they're uh, launching in January here, uh, all throughout Texas. But you can order it online right now. And to order it, just go to drinks r- dot We're here on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, look, I'm with you, uh, Josh. I love a good pilsner, and I-, I love the fact that sort of the pandemic. Um, got brewers back to making those beers that take longer to make, that are more precise. You can't really, um, you can't really fool anybody if there's a mistake in there, if there's a flaw, you're going to see it. So I love it, whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic. But I was going through the list of breweries around the country that make non-alcoholic beer, and as I was writing them down from memory, the list is actually bigger than I thought. I was like, all right, it's only cause it's Athletic, it's this, it's that. But then as I'm going through the list, I, I like. Within two minutes, I think I had about eighteen to twenty breweries already written down. But a lot of them are not really that that good. I mean, and I'm not talking about Odules and Sharps; those are garbage. I mean, you could just you might as well drink. I, I would. I'm not, I'm not even going to say it, but I'd rather drink something that comes out of my body that I really wouldn't, you know, advise anyone to drink over an Odules or a Sharps. But what makes your near beer different from the others that are out there right now?
2: So we spend a lot of time in research and development, and there's multiple ways to make non-alcoholic beers. Some are more reconstructing the flavors of a beer, um, and then the other process is to actually produce a fully fermented beer and remove the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that process is obviously more expensive, requires more equipment, uh, but we were able to partner with a really great um, manufacturing partner that has you know, state-of-the-art kind of best-in-class equipment. They've developed their own proprietary technology, that enables us to craft a beer in the same way that I've been used to for a dozen years now, uh, really flavorful, really approachable, you know, really enjoyable. And Mm -hmm. then rather than, you know, just strip everything out and deliver something like you're saying, that's pretty bland and uh, has a really like maltose, malty kind of flavor is pretty common. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one, I mean, it tastes like a beer because it is a beer, you know, it started as a beer, it fermented as a beer, and then gently removed the alcohol, uh, managed the process such that, all the flavorfulness, you know, and, and the, the experience of drinking a beer is all still there. So that was really, you know, important for me. If you're going to launch an non-alcoholic brand, you know, it's got kind of to taste good. It can't just be a sacrifice uh, for dry January or for sober October or for you know whatever the cause may be. That it should be something that you want to drink, maybe in the middle of a drinking session of alcoholic beers, and not feel like you're giving something up. So uh, we're really proud of the process. Really proud of the product.
1: That's, that's an excellent point. And, Josh, the beer for now is only available as, we're, we're, uh, as this interview is airing right now. It is now only available at Brick and Motor stores in Texas as January is just starting to start the new year. But anyone can order this beverage if they go to drinkricks.com uh, drink, and have it shipped anywhere in the country. Is that correct? That's
2: correct. Absolutely
1: and is the is the thought of you know obviously it's in Texas now but i'm i'm my guess is you want to be able to market this beer in other states as well without having to if somebody doesn't want to get it shipped directly to their house you want to get it into storefronts uh, all over the country at some point correct
2: Absolutely. We've got a pretty aggressive growth strategy. You know, Texas being my home market is where I really wanted to to fill out that state first. Uh, But we're going to expand multiple states um, pretty quickly. I mean, we really want to listen to our customers, and that's why we wanted that direct-to-consumer option so we can get feedback from folks in other states and and find out where the demand really is uh, and make sure that we're making decisions based on what the customers want and where they want it. Uh, but we're going to expand it as quickly as uh, as is reasonable and possible
1: for us. We're talking with Josh Hare, the creator of Rick's Near Beer. It's a new non-alcoholic beverage that's available online and soon on the shelves, actually in uh, in shelves uh, in Texas, in the state of Texas right now. But for more info on the Near Beer and to order it, because you can get it shipped anywhere in the United States, just go to drinkricks.com. We're here on the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And, and what I love, Josh is when you were saying, you know, maybe somebody is drinking, you're having a few friends over, and you're having a couple of beers. This is a great stopgap type of beer if you're looking not to get overwhelmed. You have, you know, something that's non-alcoholic, you know, or water. But, you know, obviously if you want to continue that trend while you're drinking beer and drink something non-alcoholic to kind of, you know, stave off uh, the effects of maybe getting, you know, getting bombed, or maybe, you know, it's a friend that's over and, you know, is not Ubering or whatever and not taking a lift. You want them to, you know, have something that... Uh, When they get behind the wheel is not going to put them uh, in any danger, which I think is great. But now here's the more important question, because I'm sure people have asked you this. Why name the beer Rick? Why not Josh? You describe Rick as being the legend listening to Led Zeppelin, etc. Where did you come up with Rick? Of all the names in the world, where did you come up with Rick?
2: It's a great question that everyone has asked me, and and I really love getting it. One, I didn't name it Josh's because I I don't really like naming anything after myself. Okay. Um. But the Rick's piece came really with the work between myself and our branding team, and you know the idea was, you know, storytelling is is incredibly important just in life in general, and it's one of those things that is yet to be commoditized by technology. Uh, and it's really important that we as, you know, business owners and just anyone, you know, over over drinks together. Storytelling is important. And there's always that larger-than-life character in a story that makes the story even better. Uh, and as we started telling stories, the name Rick kept popping up. You know, someone who had a, a, a grandpa that was just hilarious or an uncle or a brother-in-law. Right. Um, and we just kept coming back to that. And every person that we talked to had a Rick in their life. Uh, and so it just it sounded good. It, it rolled off the tongue well. It was you know easy to say. It was a memorable name, something that people can can really remember. Uh, and so we really love that vibe and personality of of you know what stand, what what Rick stands for in our lives, which is that bigger, larger than life you know component of a story that just that makes everyone smile.
1: See, that's pretty cool because I thought you were going to tell me that it was some it was somebody getting Rick rolled or you know Rick Astley and they're a big big fan of that of that (laughs) artist but i love that somebody everyone that you talk to somebody knew a rick see that's see that's cool because that's not rick is not really a common name but apparently in the course of your conversations it was a pretty common name and he was a pretty cool dude yeah yeah
2: and when you say rick you expect that there's you know a a big story behind it so uh, right we really like that (laughs)
1: I love it. So uh, last question for me, Josh. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you're, you're planning on making an IPA. Are there any other styles that you're planning on doing as you move forward, or is it just as the market kind of – if enough people demand, hey, we want a Stout or we want a Saison uh, or we want a Porter, uh, you'll, try, you'll, you'll make those beers?
2: Yeah, after the IPA is definitely going to be number two, and that we went off with just general data. I mean, it's, it's not hard to see, you know, if you look at anything, that right. Logger and IPA are up there at the top. Um, but then after that, we're really going to, you know, spend a lot of time engaging with our customers and do that market research and listen, listen to the folks drinking our products uh, and see what they want next. Uh, and then expand based on that.
1: Excellent. My guest has been Josh Hare, the creator of Rick's Near Beer. It's a new non-alcoholic beer. It is available online. It is on the shelves in Texas right now as we start the new year. For more info on the Near Beer and to order it, you can get it shipped anywhere in the country. Come right to your door. Just head over to drinkricks.com. Josh, thanks so much for joining me tonight. All the best with the beer. Can't wait to try it. It sounds like it's a really delicious Pilsner, and I I can't wait to taste it for myself. Uh, Thank you. This has been fun. You got it up next. It's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 the answer. Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast right here on AM 970. Seventy—the answer, the New Year's Day edition—and welcome to 2023. Hopefully, you uh, you didn't have you didn't imbibe too much uh, over the uh, the New Year's Eve uh, holiday or New Year's Eve Eve, as uh, some of you like to attend a certain person's party who used to work here at this radio station. But let us dive into Suds and Duds. There is uh, a lot to get to, and uh, we need to get into it. So uh, let's start. This is from a few weeks back, because obviously we had a best-of show uh, last week, and we had some other things going on, so I uh, wasn't able to get to a lot of this stuff. But um, Paragon Tap and Table had a um, a collaboration takeover with Bolero Snort. So it was uh, Bolero had done earlier in the month a whole bunch of collaboration beers uh, with some different things, and so... Um, you know, decided to uh, to head over there to Paragon, actually to have, to, in particular, to have one beer that I hadn't had um, when I went to the uh, collab event a few weeks back. So first off, I started off with a Peb Light. Solid beer. It's a great IPA. Um, it's not super juicy. It's not, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a middle-of-the-road New England IPA. Really good. Uh, if you see it on tap somewhere, you should definitely get it. And if, if I'm not mistaken, I think they keep Jersey Sarcasm on tap. Um, at, uh, at Paragon at all times, and that is a great lager. But this is a really good, um, you know, sort of middle-of-the-road uh, IPA that won't overwhelm you. Now, they had Donut Lord on tap, which was the, um, the beer that Bolero did. I think it was with GearBlock, if I'm not mistaken. I love this beer. It tastes exactly like a raspberry jelly donut. Exactly. I mean, there's no question in my mind that this is. If you took the donut and boiled it and put it down into its liquid form, this is what it would taste like, and that's this beer. I could drink ten of them. It's so good. Um, it, it's just a fantastic beer. If you see it somewhere, definitely get it. Have you seen it in cans somewhere? I don't know. Did they put it out in cans? I don't remember if they did. I think they did. Um, but the beer that I really wanted to have was when Herds collide. This is the uh, the um, collaboration between um, Bolero. And um, and Twin Elephant, fantastic beer. Uh, two awesome breweries, a delicious combination, just a, a you know big, old, juicy, hazy, uh, the way it should be. And uh, it's a great beer, and I love both breweries, so certainly go out and uh, support them. Another brewery that I really enjoy, and some people are here to miss. You know, I was telling somebody about this uh, the other day, uh, the great Buddy Watson, who we've, uh, you know, I've mentioned on this program pretty much every week since it started, um, Treehouse Brewing. And um, I had a, a triple-year fun. This is a can I had gotten from uh, my my old neighbor. Uh, God, it's got to be sitting in the fridge for at least two months. Uh, a great triple, a juicy, delicious, uh, just a just a banging beer for a triple. Uh, and a little, you know, one of those, one of those types of beers where, um, you know, for a triple, goes down a lot smoother than you would think. Um, but Treehouse, to me, I like their beers. Um, but I f- I'm starting to find that a lot of their IPAs are very one-note. They all sort of have that same sort of taste to them, that if you've drank one, you've drank most of them. And I could be wrong, uh, or maybe it's just me and my palate that I'm, I'm sort of, I like IPAs, but I'm sort of, you know, I, I sort of try and go in different directions with other beers and not just stick exclusively to an IPA. And I have friends that just just drink IPAs. And listen, if that's your thing, that's cool. Um, But I find that Treehouse's other beers, their Stouts, their Hefeweizens, their Pilsners, are excellent. And I know that's their moneymaker is their IPAs. I wish they would do a few more of the other traditional styles that they would put out there because they certainly have the space to do those beers. It's just interesting to see. Um, Everybody goes nuts for their IPAs, and then it was this whole thing with Treehouse and Trillium and whatever and this and that. Um, Again, like I said, I just find that Treehouse's beers sometimes their IPAs – very one note. Not to say they're not good. Just saying that they're very um, one note. Uh, then uh, at the beginning of December, I was in Atlantic City uh, for the Greta Van Fleet concert. Great show. Had a great time there. But the, the, the best part about it, being at the Hard Rock uh, Hotel, is that the Seed is right up the street. Now, if you haven't been to the Seed in Atlantic City, I encourage you, if you go down there, you're gambling, you're going to see a show... Uh, whatever the case may be, you must stop at the seed. You have to. It, it's it's if you're into craft beer and you don't stop at the seed, you're doing yourself a disju- uh, 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 an injustice. Um, the 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 bottom line is that you need to get there and try their beers. They do a lot of traditional stuff. They do have an IPA, uh, you know, on tap, you know, but a lot of their stuff is traditional, traditional uh, beers, and they're fantastic. I don't think I've had a bad beer yet from the seed. In fact, uh Brian Alshul and I were 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 actually talking about this. They they have not produced a bad beer, the seed. So unhurriedly is the first one that I started off with. Uh nice bitterness off the nose and on the palate. It was delicious. A really, really uh tasty beer. Uh then um then I went with the We Are All Ghosts. And this one is says I believe this was a Cezanne. The addition of the mushrooms in this gave it a slight funk that really worked, and it's interesting. I think this is like in the last couple of uh, couple of weeks it's another beer that had mushrooms in it, and I guess it's very hard to perfect the whole mushroom you know what are you going you know putting mushrooms in beer but boy, I'll tell you something if carton and the seed continue to do it like that, I think a lot of other people are going to take off um, using mushrooms in beer um, modern rituals. Now, this was a collaboration, if I'm not mistaken, between um, the Seed and Timber Rails. Timber Rails, as you all well know, makes amazing stouts. Their IPAs are good too, don't get me wrong, but their stouts are really what they're known for. Banging 10, 11, 12%, super smooth, boozy, but not overly so where you're kind of like, oh, I'm trying to make it to the end of this beer. Amazing. So you get these two great breweries, in the Seed and Timber Rails, collabing on this amazing. Thick, boozy stout that was just fantastic. I was so happy that I got this and I got a small pour of it because I didn't want to get overwhelmed. But it is, it is just a, a, a fantastic, fantastic beer. Then I had the uh, tangerine and string quartets. Uh, very citrus forward on this. A really, really good. Another great beer. And the best part is, no tangerines in the beer. I, I like, I'm a sucker for tangerines. I love tangerines, pineapple, um, Blueberries, those are the, sort of the, the fruits that I like. But if you have something in ta- with tangerines, I'm in, and I'm shocked that this beer had no tangerines uh, at all. That impressed me uh, greatly. So uh, tremendous beer by the Seed. Definitely get down there if you have a chance. Um, they don't really distribute that much, uh, the seeds, so you really have to get down there in order to get their beers. Um, but they're just a fantastic place. It's great. A real nice, cozy feel. Um, and right there in the heart of Atlantic City, right up the street from the Hard Rock Cafe. It's a fantastic place. Uh, Bake Sale, uh, the S'mores Brownie by Source. This was Source's version of the collab that so- uh, that Source and Bolero did. So happy that they're continuing with this collab after we started it last year and they moved it in, uh, or actually the year before, excuse me, uh, and they, they did it again for 2022. Digging this one a lot. Chocolate, marshmallow, really, really good. A smash pour type of beer. Uh, really nice from Source. And... Um, uh, just an excellent excellent beer really in, uh enjoyed drinking that a lot and then finally uh for warmth this was uh, one that I bought um because first off it was I think this is a dark mild um it, it just it, it's it here here's the thing first off I should have bought two four packs of this beer secondly um there is so much flavor for a beer that is under four percent I think it's like three eight. It's amazing. It's amazing the amount of flavor that you can get out of a beer uh, and and be under 4%. So this is one that you could just kind of crack and drink and crack and drink and just keep a steady. And, you know, this is something I would love to keep in my refrigerator, um, you know, some low alcohol stuff if I want to have a beer, but I don't want to be overwhelmed. Uh, and I have to tell you, even though, you know, it's, it's just a great beer. I should have bought two four packs. Stupid me that I didn't. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, that's it for Suds and Duds for this week we'll have another one next week by the way in a couple of weeks uh, we have a couple of things going on obviously uh, January 12th uh, coming up Paragon Tap and Table it is uh, an NJCB Brewery Strong night I will be there along with Mike from NJCB you definitely want to uh, get there we're going to tell you all about Brewery Strong a dollar of every pint that you buy of a Jersey brewery at Paragon that night will go directly to Brewery Strong uh, and if you have an NJCB card 10% off of your food bill Uh, without a doubt. So that's great. Hope to see you there on Thursday, January 12th. Um, The week after that will be a best of program. I don't know what I'm going to air yet. Um, I will be away on vacation and I will not have time to put together a full show. Um, We're going to talk hopefully uh, with with uh, Ann Riley, who is the executive director of the New York City uh, Brewers Guild, um, because we've got the kickoff event coming up in February. There is a lot going on uh, in the next couple of months. And uh, I hope that you will be a part of it, and I hope I will see you uh, at some of these events uh, because it's great. But you know, this month is like a dry, you know is a dry month for a lot of people. A lot of people want to kick off fitness and dry January. I can't recommend Rick's near beer enough, and my thanks to him, Josh Hare, uh, for being on the show to talk about Rick's near beer. You can get it; it's uh, ten bucks a six pack. You can have it shipped to you directly to your house. Um, athletic Brewing is another good alternative. There are a lot of non-alcoholic brews out there. We're seeing local breweries doing non-alcoholic beers. Um, Is that the next wave? I have no idea. I have no idea if that's the next wave. But it is definitely something um, that um, if you're looking to do a dry January, um, you know, and you want the taste of a beer, certainly Rick's Near Beer, certainly Athletic Brewing, those beers certainly are worth it uh, for you uh, to try. My thanks to everybody involved in this show, including my guest, Josh Hare, the man behind Rick's Near Beer, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I will be back on the Joe Piscopo Show Tuesday at 6 a.m. This has been the Alga Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Happy New Year, everyone, and cheers, everybody